Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helberton, and who's breaking into Arkham with me tonight? Any villain that would have been better in this movie, Kenneth Sanity. (laughs) (laughs) And I just say we stop talking about this and breaking into Arkham and go play some Yahtzee. (laughs) Oh, so does she say Yahtzee in the Arkham games? No. Okay. Okay. That's, I got nothing then. We are here to talk about, because I'm an idiot, Batman Assault on Arkham animated movie that came out in 2014. (sighs) <sighs> that's what we are here for because it's part of the Arkhamverse. So I decided that we, instead of watching good Batman movies, like we have been, we should watch one to knock out the Arkhamverse to finish that up. <sighs> so that should already paint it, paint the picture of what we thought about this movie. <laughs> so this movie is part of the Arkhamverse. It takes place in year six of the Arkham series. And two or th- how many years is this before asylum? You said two years. Yeah. It's two years before asylum. Okay. and directed by jay olivia and ethan spaulding whoever those people are but yes so i had seen this movie once before back in i'm assuming 2015 maybe 2016 i all i remember is i was sailing the seven seas the last time i watched it and i never I, i watched it once didn't like it and then i had not watched it since then but now it's on hbo max so i watched it on there what about you guys ken was this your first time watching this no, no, unfortunately not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is uh, something I have seen a couple times before. Oh. I don't know why I watched it the second time, but now I I recently watched this when I got HBO Max again, and I regret. What about you, Blair? Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. I had that Assault and Arkham theme intro, and I didn't even think I introduced myself uh, just in case I forgot or my name is Blair. <laughs> Good point. I don't think you did either. Yeah, I was just like, I'm going to do this stupid Harley Quinn tangential thing. <laughs> I'm Blair Farrell with comicbookvideogames.com, which is the only reason why I bought this. Actually, around the time it came out, I was buying all of the DC animated movies on Blu-ray because or DVD, whatever format I was most using at the time, because I for a while they were pretty much like all bangers. This is around the time you can tell that the Blu-ray market was starting to dry up and the budgets were really starting to shrink and the quality was really going down. Like I bought this. I was actually commenting because so we have like a group that we're talking with and you use an icon for the movie. I guess it's on HBO Max. We don't have that in Canada. And I I watched this on the Blu-ray, which I bought at Best Buy and it came with like a Harley Quinn figure. And it's funny that they use the Arkham font in the movie, but nowhere is it in the packaging, either on the Blu-ray or the HBO Max logo. It's just some <laughs> generic Batman thing. Like, they don't even try to have, like, the Bat logo in the back or anything. I find that very interesting. Like, you figure they put that, like, front and center on the box just for anyone walking by when people still walked by and looked at movies and thought, oh, that's an Arkham thing. I like that. <laughs> okay, I didn't think about that. That doesn't make any sense. It feels so much kind about of, this doesn't make it, sense. It feels like an afterthought. And as watching this movie now, and I have played a bunch of the Arkham games since then, this so certain things look like they fit in Arkham. Certain things do not in any shape or form. So it really does feel like it was kind of a last minute decision just to combine them. 
or like just a, a drop of the handing of the right turn. I mean, not last minute, but just a just like maybe this was already being made. Like, oh hey, let's throw let's put the Arkhamverse or some stupidity because it doesn't really the animation doesn't really fit the Arkhamverse for some ways some of the characters look. Not even kind of like the characters <laughs> don't look the same. They don't sound the same with a couple exceptions. And near as I can tell, that's the only way it ties into the Arkham games. Well, and the it, I mean, if you, when you when they do show Arkham in the movie, it is like the same type of design as Arkham Asylum. Like you can see the same places. And that was really all I got. Yeah, like the the cell area where the Joker is, like that's where you fight Harley, and it has all the electrified floors. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, like a lot of the villains, like at um, I guess we're jumping ahead, like to the end, like they just have all the villains break out, and somehow they're just all in their costumes with their gear. Like Bane is locked <laughs> up with his Venom tank, <laughs> and I like I get it Maybe. in the first game but like why is Poison Ivy just never had an outfit change this entire series but uh-huh. that bothered me too what I think about it. this um and I think it's a, it was a thing with a lot of the DC movies like I mentioned at the top where like at the start when you had like under the red hood and Batman and Superman public enemies like they were movies with budget behind them like to kind of look like the art from the comics and then I think it got to a point where they wanted to tell other stories, but they know they couldn't sell other stories unless Batman was in it. So you have stuff like Justice League Dark, where apparently I think Batman is a big part of it, or at least some part of it. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get that far. So this one just feels like we kind of look at the trajectory of like, so Arkham Origins came in 2013 and Arkham Origins Blackgate, which we both did on the show. And I'm sure you'll have the episode titles at the end. That was a big push for a Suicide Squad, and that's what this feels like again, because it was, again, that time when, like, what was the Terrible Suicide Squad movie? Was it 2015 or 16? Uh, the Terrible Suicide Squad movie that I have never seen and want to is 2018. Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay? No, the live-action one. Oh, that one. Ah, oh, God. I don't have that pulled up. I have seen that. I, I Okay, yeah, that movie's terrible. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's that terrible, but moving on. Okay, yeah, because it was like Arkham Origins and this, then they had the episode of Arrow with the Suicide Squad, and then they they announced the Suicide Squad. So it was like this big push where they kept trying to make fetch happen. I'm pretty sure I brought that up before in other episodes. I like the Suicide Squad in general. Like, I wanted to see them in things and like I wanted to see them Arkham in the Arkhamverse because they're teased in origins like there's stuff there and this this movie i think was was my first like version of the of the suicide squad i mean i knew who they were but i hadn't read any comic or seen anything with them this is my first interpret really interpretation of them which is not a good thing did you watch justice league unlimited okay they're in that yes there's an okay and that was my tests. first but it's been a yeah. long time <laughs> yeah they just call them task force s tax force x because obviously they can't call him Suicide Squad in a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> yeah, because that would have been my first interaction with him then. But I did not remember that. I mean, this movie has some. I mean, there's some parts to me that were cool. I I just I don't like the tone of the movie. That's the first thing I think we should talk about. Is this tone? I mean, the Arkhamverse is dark, but it isn't that like bloody or gory. And this feels like a very very violent movie. Like everything is so violent. There's blood everywhere. It feels unnecessary. People's heads are exploding. And I didn't I just I, I didn't like all that. 
I feel like this movie is more violent than it needed to be. It's a cartoon. So, but like, I think they were trying to go if now I wasn't involved with it (laughs) because, you know, it would have been better if I was. But to me, this just kind of screams, what can we get away with for PG-13 and, you know, trying to be, oh, these are villains. Let's be edge, edge, edge lordy. (laughs) None of us can talk today. Like, it feels more than it needed to be. It's the way to put it, though. It feels mature in a way that a 13-year-old who writ something thinks is mature. Where they're just, like, talking with their friends and they're just like, oh, man. And then they have this part where, like, the guy's head blows up and, like, then Harley Quinn keeps on, like, hitting on people. Like, it has, and a lot of DC animated movies have that vibe where they're, they keep, they're trying to be like, oh, we're mature, but it's not, like, as in well-told stories, it's like, and then, like, Aquaman, like, stabs a guy and then blood goes everywhere. It's kind of like that, like, and I'm going to catch flack from this from people like my friend Josh from Panels of Pixels. Like, the whole Spawn image era. <laughs> How <Yeah>. dare you? <laughs> I'm not a fan of Spawn, but I know what you're referencing. <laughs> to even put Spawn in the same breath as this tripe, which, don't get me wrong, I, I like Spawn, but I know it's horrible. But this. But not comparing like that, horrible. but just like kind of just the general, like, again, it's just like childish maturity, I think is the best way to put it. Yeah, it's that's try it, hard. It, it, it doesn't need to be so violent. I mean, yes, Batman can be violent, but it didn't need to be. I mean, you look at so many other, like Batman Under the Red Hood, for example, which came out before this, is, a, is an amazing movie, and it's not that violent. I mean, it, well, okay, it's violent, but it, it fits everything that's happening. It doesn't just have unnecessary stuff that doesn't, where this movie very felt, felt unnecessary all the time. And, yeah, and it's stupid, not too. gory. Okay, just bloody. Yeah, like, this was needlessly bloody. But then again, think about the whole Suicide Squad. They have what implanted in their neck? <laughs> Bombs. Right. Like, that's already cheesy and over the top it's campy and this i think tried for camp and just went too hard and it also felt just something about when i rewatched it and i remembered this sticking with me back in the day it just feels i don't like the tone of the movie at all no I i don't like how it makes me feel i don't like batman in this that much i don't like the design of the characters especially because in the arkham world i just don't like the how like Deadshot, for example, one of the main characters in this looks nothing. He doesn't even have the mass that Deadshot has in the Arkham games. Like, they went nope. with... I mean, he has a mask, but it's not the mask. And it's like, this is an animated figure. You don't need to show off the the animated figure face. Not like in the Suicide Squad 2016 movie where Will Smith has to take his mask off because you're paying for Will Smith. This is a cartoon character you drew. He can he can put the mask on. It's okay. Like, and it would probably be cheaper if his face was covered the entire time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Think of all the less animating you'd have to do. Yeah, I didn't understand that. If maybe it was a thing where they wanted to, like, have you recognized him more or something? I don't know. I didn't understand that concept. And my thing about it, too, is that so you have Kevin Conroy's Batman, which is your big selling point, and he's never not bad as Batman. And you have Troy Baker, who's doing the Joker again from Arkham Origins, who is respectable. But then you don't get any of the other voice actors like you have a perfectly good wally winner to play the riddler and then you have some schlub from criminal minds (laughs) and like i mean i wouldn't want tara strong to be harley quinn with this material and maybe they 
gave it to her and she looked at it and was like, nah, like I'm good. Cause this is just like one of the worst interpretations of Harley Quinn ever. Like stuff like this made me afraid to watch the excellent Harley Quinn animated series because I thought it was going to be like this. And like that is like mature DC content done well. That's a very humorous show. Yeah. It's great. And I will say the one bright spot for me for any of the voice actors here is getting CCH powder to play Amanda Waller again. Oh, she's so good. I don't like Amanda Waller in this at all. I love Amanda Waller in this. I don't like her design. That made you to me too. She's like, I know she's supposed to be like on the big side, but she's like Kingpin and Spider-Man, the animated series big. Yeah. It's, it's grotesque. That's yeah, what it is. And I don't, and I feel this like that's what they were doing. grotesque. They were doing, well, of course they did it on purpose, but I don't like it. Especially when you look at like Arkham origins, where she's in a small scene, Arkham Origins Blackgate, she's in a small scene, which I was rewatching before this. She's not that. They took, they could have easily just kind of fit with the theme that they had just put in these games that there's stuff, but they went in something completely different. And I don't get that or like it. Yeah. But, but I yeah, like it's just grotesque. I don't, I don't understand. Like it felt like it was an, an insult to like to have to weightness to, to the weight. I don't know. I just didn't, I, I don't understand why they had to make her that way for this at all. It just bothered me. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, we can get on a whole tangent about how poorly this movie like treats women in general. Oh god, sure. Like, let's, I can let's go there. I can go for <laughs> yeah, like why not? twenty hours, like Killer Frost. When so, even though we we got into the plot of what this terrible movie is about, but there's one point where like Killer Frost has to play dead, and of course, like she's naked, and of course, there's like a creep, and <sighs> she gets his comeuppance. But I was just like. I, I will say this is my second time watching this movie and I had to rewind it a bunch because I would just glaze over and start looking at my phone because of stuff like this and the way like Harley Quinn acts. And I know like, you know, women do like do you like I'm all about women's sexual positivity. But Harley Quinn, like one of the first lines is like talking about how she wants to show Deadshot the tight places around Arkham. And I remember the first time I heard that and I was like, I can't believe someone wrote this, got paid for it, and then they paid someone to read it. <laughs> but it also is very much a line that probably didn't come from a woman that wrote it. <laughs> you know, it's very much like, oh, it, yeah, it, like it felt like very much like a guy's boy. opinion on this type of woman. It's like, oh, I can't believe my uncle at DC let me write a movie. It's so great. <laughs> I mean, I don't, it just, I also don't like all the abuse that they show Harley Quinn getting in this, too. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't feel necessary. Like it, like example, a uh, Suicide Squad, the or not Suicide, uh, the Harley Quinn movie, uh, and the Bridge of Prey Harley Quinn movie. Yes, that's what I want to say. That feels like you see how she's abused, and she's like, "Fuck you, Joker." She realizes in this, she's like, "Fuck you." Then she's like, "Oh, I love you." Like I don't like the way that they make her that that type what they did to her. I really it really bothered me. And it was like I think I'm trying to because like this whole past decade is kind of a blur. <laughs> Because I'm trying to think of like kind of like all the interpretations of Harley Quinn and how they like they they've kept trying to move away from this. Like in Injustice Two, she kind of like stands on her own. I, that was after Arkham Knight, so that would have been way after this. And then like the Harley Quinn series, and then in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, and like in the Telltale Batman series, where she's the one who's in charge and leading. Like John Doe, aka the Joker, on 
like and that's a cool subversion but this is like oh this is like way going back like any type of development they had with harley this movie set her back like a couple of years that's my biggest one of my issues with this movie and one of the things that really turned me off while watching this i just don't like the way that she is portrayed in the way that like i have no problem the sexual positivity part like she's sleeping with who she wants to sleep with hey but it's just i i didn't like the how they make her like I like it better when she's against Joker, but at the same time, you couldn't really have that because in Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, she's with Joker. So no matter what you did, you have to put them both back together. So I didn't really. So going into this, you know, that's exactly where this movie's going. And they never I'm just trying to think about like the timeline of the Arkham series. So Arkham Origins is kind of when she saw Harley and Quinzel and they have that excellent scene where it's kind of like the Joker recounting his origin. Like that's kind of the first meeting. And then in Arkham Asylum, she's the one helping him do everything. Arkham Asylum is six years after Origin. This is four years after Origin. But I guess there's a point in Origins where I guess Harley Quinn gets like thrown in the cell and he's like, whatever. But you never really see in this universe like him being that terrible to her. No. And it it just feels like too much in this movie. And it really it really bothered me. He slaps her around a bunch, too, in this movie, too, like. Yeah, like, you don't need to have, and and it's not like it has a positivity part thing where she slaps around and she beats the shit out of him. And goes like, "Well, I don't. Why am I with you?" But it doesn't do that. It 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 shows him being abusive. Oh, he loves me, and I was like, "Fucking a." Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Come on now. So it's tough to watch twenty twenty two for that aspect. Ken, anything to add about the Harley Quinn bullshit? Or well, I'm actually just kind of <laughs> looking stuff up in the background here because, like, I don't know. When I was watching this, I was like, "Man, something seems." off about this voice and you know sure enough yeah Tara Strong didn't do it but you know who did I am the one who is doing the voice of the Harley Quinns <laughs> but this is the voice of Starfire from Teen Titans huh. and Teen Titans Go okay like this is the voice of Princess Bubblegum <laughs> from Adventure Time. Well, the games, at least. <laughs> okay. But, like, there's a reason this feels wrong. And it took me a while to figure it out. But I did. Interestingly enough, though, this would not be the last time that she played Harley Quinn. Uh, she would also go on... This is uh, Hinden Walsh, who would go on to play Harley Quinn again in... I lost it. I lost it. I'm horrible. Never mind. Okay. Hush. Batman Hush. Oh, I have not seen that yet. Neither have I. And also Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, another animated movie. So, like, it's not the first time, or this is the first time that she's played Harley Quinn. The voice was fine. I just didn't like it. It wasn't, but go It didn't bother me, but I didn't also. Well, I shouldn't put I watch this on mute most of the time. What the? <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't explain that right now on the air, but let's just say it was on mute most of the time that I watched this movie. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I will explain after. <laughs> I just, I, I watched this when I had free time and it was on mute. Just, that's all uh, I'm going to say. Okay. So I didn't hear the voices that much. Once in a while, I would have sound on. But most of the, I also watched the movie over the course of two days in like increments here and there. I put it on for five minutes, watch part of it, turn it off, get back. <laughs> I just Fair didn't enough. give a shit, which I never do like, for this show. 
I, I've recorded over 50 film episodes at this point. Never have I done that, but I just do not care for this movie. And I feel like you guys really addressed the problems that I had with, you know, Harley Quinn okay. and Killer Frost pretty well. Like, it's it's not a good look to write women like this. And yeah. you can say, you know, it was a different time all you want to, but 2014 wasn't that long ago. Oh, I mean, it was a different time. I mean, we have we changed a lot in the in 2010 to 2020. And I think when it comes to like public culture acceptance, I mean, we took some steps back in 2016. But I feel like as a as a as a as the American culture, at least, has has changed a bit. Yeah. Which so. is how I think you can have shows like, you know, Harley Quinn now that are more openly progressive in their treatment of women and LGBTQ uh, representation. Like there's a lot of good that happened, but there was a whole lot of bad to get to that point. And this is one of those bads. I mean, this movie also is just like, well, I I just want to quickly mention the plot. So the plot of this movie is that Riddler has something that Amanda Waller wants. So she puts together a suicide squad to send them into Arkham because Batman captured Riddler and put him in Arkham. And the suicide squad is people that, some people you had seen before in the Arkhamverse, but or you see in the Arkhamverse, Harley Quinn, Deadshot, King Shark, who you see his teeth in, in Arkham Asylum, Black Spider, who I had no idea who the hell that character is, still don't know who he is, Killer Frost, which is never in the Arkham series at all besides this movie that I'm aware of, KG Beast, am I missing anybody? Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just... I mean, I know Captain Boomerang is always involved with the Suicide Squad. Like, that's that's he's just one of those characters. He was the best thing about the uh, Suicide Squad movie that was directed by David Ayer. Okay, that's safe to say. I mean, it does kind of do the same thing as 2016 does, where it has, like, that little scene where it has little snippets of how they got arrested and what they did. And, like, even though it's, like, the one for King Shark, where he just looks like a real a fucking serial killer, essentially. Yeah. Okay, I, I hate, hate this version of King Shark. That's hate fair. It. I, I think it's, I mean, King Shark is a murderer, but King Shark is a giant shark. I mean, that's what he was in the Flash TV show that comes later. Isn't that, is that what he is in the comics too, Blair? Do you know? Uh, I'm, yeah, that's the thing. Cause like my DC knowledge essentially comes from like the Justice League cartoon and okay. like Batman, the animated series and Superman. Like I, where I grew up, like we honestly didn't have a lot of DC comics and it's, yeah, I didn't care for it either. And it's weird to go back from. I know everyone likes kind of King Shark as he was in James Gunn's movies, but to me, Ron Funchins is King Shark from Harley Quinn. I hope that that is my favorite take on the character. And he's kind of just like, I guess, the stupid tank here to Killer Frost for some reason has a crush on. (laughs) Because he picked her up at one point because she doesn't like him at first because he makes some sexy, some sexist comment to her. But then later on, she like gets interest in him, but I can't, so I picked up images of him and even the comic ish images. He looks like he does in the flash show. He looks like a shark, not yeah, what he does. He's a it. damn shark. This is the only time he's an asshole with a mohawk and jaws teeth. Don't forget jaws yeah. teeth. Oh, oh yeah. I can't forget that. Of how like the Arkham series, like as, as much as I love the Arkham series and, I mean, I mean, the sales numbers will prove how a lot of people love the Arkham series. Like <laughs> some of the designs have been pretty questionable. Oh, speaking of questionable. So I just remember because I already I watched this movie Monday night and so much of it has gone from my brain. That's a good point. So 
Before they break into, because uh, Amanda Waller gets a Suicide Squad to break into Arkham to get something from the Riddler, but first they make a stop at the Iceberg Lounge, which I appreciated that it looked like the Iceberg Lounge prior to it getting wrecked in Arkham City. Yeah. And they saw, see the Penguin and why I was thinking of problematic characters as Penguin with a stupid Coke bottle shoved into his eye. <laughs> so in the Arkham series, he's kind of been portrayed as like, somewhat of a i guess legitimate business person and here he's eating fish out of a bucket like he's danny devito yep (sighs) and i was like this is something else i forgot about this everything it just it does just it just spits in the face of what the arkhamverse is i think in a very ugly way and i don't appreciate that's fair like this could have been a fine movie if you had not connected it to the arkhamverse in any way now when i say fine movie I mean, it wouldn't be besmirching the Arkhamverse video games. If you just released it and called it (laughs) Assault on Arkham Asylum and there was just no connections to the game at all, let me tell you, it'd still be a bad movie. Mm -hmm. But at least it wouldn't be tainting the games. (laughs) I just think, like, this just reeks of someone was like, and I guess... Ooh, how much pull did Jeff Johns have at DC in 2013-14? Not, not enough. <laughs> I thought he was calling a lot of the shots around that time. And it just seemed like someone had a thing where it's just like, we we have to keep doing Suicide Squad stuff. And someone was like, well, we're selling a movie. <clears throat> no one really cares about these guys yet. And someone probably thought, well... I mean, we'll just call it Batman. And that's the thing. It's called Batman Assault on Arkham. But Batman is like a tertiary character who shows up every now and then. It is a Suicide Squad movie. And like, but they can't put Suicide Squad on the cover because at the time it came out, no one would have cared. And the thing probably would have never gotten made, which, you know, probably would have been better. But even (laughs) and like I said, like, it's weird that it's called Batman Assault on Arkham. And it's, like, set in the Arkham universe. But they never really, like... Other than, like, like Batman's suit is the same. And Joker looks like he does in Asylum. And, again, some of the, the background stuff. I did appreciate that. Like, the Iceberg Lounge and, like, the Asylum itself. But even, like, the way, like, Batman moves. Like, he moves so fast. He's, like, Spider-Man level fast in this. And, like, Batman in the Arkham series, like, can bounce around the room like a ping pong ball, but he's still, like, a big dude. It's, it reminds me, the way he moves in this game reminds me of the way that he does in Arkham Origins. Because in Arkham Origins, he was, like, flying across the rooms to, like, beat the hell out of people. I remember specifically during my playthrough when I was in the the beginning part when you're Bruce Wayne. In the Heart of Ice DLC? Yes. Or Cold Cold Heart DLC, rather? It's Heart of Ice. We all know what it is. Anyway, like, when you're playing as Bruce Wayne, you're wearing a suit, but you're, like, flying across the room. And that's what this Batman reminds me of. I'm sorry, Outcast. I do not like the way he moves. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I didn't have any problem with the way he moved, but I can see it. I mean, he also, he's not in this movie a lot either, which... It's not a bad thing. I feel like he should be in this movie in less because he doesn't really need. I mean, it should have been more of a Suicide Squad movie, not Batman versus Suicide Squad. I think the only reason that Batman's in here is to put him in Amanda Waller's path. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's the 
that's what feels like to me. The only reason he's here is to have him meet up with Amanda Waller. And again, it's like a marketing thing where it's okay. Well, we can get Batman in here. It's like, well, if we can get Batman, we can get the Joker. And then, like, even though he doesn't really like the whole movie is like eventually turns into a plot of okay, they were they had to go steal part of Riddler's cane because there's something on it that Amanda Waller needs. But then that's kind of like well, it's not as like the the the, uh, the Suicide Squad from last year was like a big diversion. But that's kind of what it is, because secretly, like, Joker is has a bomb or something. That's or what Batman they, is there for. Oh, she doesn't even Batman care about the bomb. She okay. just wants to kill Riddler to make a statement because Riddler deactivated the bomb and knew who the people had the whole list of all the Suicide Squad that he was going to tell. And that was why she did that. For some reason, I thought when they got the cane, it was just like a ball and it was a diver- like a fake or something. Yeah, it was. It was a diversion that the real thing was to have Killer Frost go there, and Killer Frost had the mission to go kill the Riddler. Right. Yeah, I've already mm-hmm. forgotten this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the thing that, that that's also just kind of dumb with it, too, is that, I mean, it's normal Suicide Squad-type plot where, or, you know, Amanda Waller has, you know, ulterior motives, you, one, you know, and she don't care about these people, but it just, and, and, like, another thing, like, with Suicide Squad, like, everyone always has to have somewhere where you just kill a vi- you kill someone to show, like, oh, we can all die. Like, you have, like, we mentioned KGB, he's in one small scene where he just shows up, says, oh, you won't blow me up, and then she kills him. And it just, like, you, I mean, and again, Suicide Squad 2016 does the same thing, you have Slipknot, and he just dies instantly. Like, it's just a thing that, I guess, you, like, the comic must have, must have do, I'm, must do, I'm assuming, but I didn't. I would have rather had KGBs actually made it to the mission and then just, and then had people die because it doesn't take long before you realize I'm like, well, Harley Quinn can't die. Deadshot can't die because they're in this. I'm like, King Shark's done. I'm like, Killer Frost could maybe die. But, you know, you know who your people are that aren't going anywhere. Like, it's not like the regular yeah. Suicide Squad where you have you have villains that don't matter. So has anyone here played both seasons of Batman the Telltale series? Yes. Nope. OK, I'll I'll keep quiet about yeah, I don't. Certain- a certain thing that happens is I think you should play it, but like good. they kind of do something with this concept at the beginning of the first episode of season two. And I was like, Oh, they went there and did that. Cause they kind of hype something up and then just like take it off the board immediately. I won't say any more than that. Although I probably have said too much for something that's a couple of years old now, but it is worth playing. Even if I, you don't care for the telltale good. model. Yeah. Second one is also, I think it's better. I agree. I mean, just well, I should give him a shot. <laughs> Suicide Squad. It just wasn't a great team. Like the montage thing where you could introduce people, as I mentioned earlier, that was I like that. But I didn't like a lot of like the way that the, the team is portrayed. And then also like 2016 Suicide Squad just stole that scene kind of for their movie too. two years later. That's all I think about it. I just I felt like a poor man's Ocean Eleven ripoff. <laughs> OK, OK. That, and that's, that's the way to put it that really is the crux of the problem. This doesn't feel like a Suicide Squad movie, like because the stakes are so low. I mean, couldn't this somebody else like anybody could, else? Yeah, couldn't Amanda Waller just somehow get things together and say, "Hey, get that guy out of get that guy out of there and just kill him"? Like, did she really need to send a squad into a prison in Gotham City to have somebody murdered? Like, she could have sent him Black Spider. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, she could have walked in there by herself with a gun in her hand, <laughs> shot the Riddler in the face, and walked out with zero repercussions. Yeah, they wouldn't have cared. Yeah. It just, it just, it just seems so stupid. 
it's such like Suicide Squad should be going on missions where they're going into countries that America can't go into. Like the 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 Suicide Squad movie, like that idea, like that. This was just stupid. The only one I really like, which I don't think I don't understand why she's in this. I like Killer Frost a lot in this movie. I like Killer Frost in general. I found out, and she's also the one character that isn't anywhere in the Arkhamverse. I'm pretty sure besides this. Well, because she dies here. Did she die in this movie? Yeah. Oh, I thought she got out. No, Bane kills her. Oh, I must have missed that during my when I was watching bits and pieces. It was something that I was confused about. So there's a like Killer Frost throughout the movie is like freezing people and like, you know, kind of sub zeroing sub zero <laughs> fatalian people. Yes. But then she finds Mr. Freeze's gun and it's like, oh, my God, it's Mr. Freeze's gun. But it's like that's like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man finding web shooters. So you don't need this. So you were I wasn't the only one that was bothered by this scene then. OK, well, I thought like you could send out stuff from her from her hand like she could shoot things i didn't know she needed a gun yeah i thought i was like okay maybe she can only do it when she touches someone and that's why she needs a projectile but i was like you're have ice powers again it's like you know sub-zero or someone being like oh my god that guy can also fire ice from a gun like i need that like you can fire ice okay so here's like a weird way of looking at it imagine you're a serial killer Go with me on this one, please. I'll try. And you're doing your thing. You're being a murderer. You're doing a fine job with your own knife. But suddenly, one day at a garage sale, you find the exact same knife that John Wayne Gacy used. Now, you're kind of maybe going to geek out about that a little bit. Like, that's the closest thing I can figure to why she was like, oh, shit. Okay, I can buy that because I can understand that sentiment for somebody, you know, especially if someone kills the same way you kill. Okay, that does. But but I don't know. I just I thought she could shoot ice like from her hands. I always thought that. But maybe I don't know a whole lot about her powers in general. I think the more apt description would be like in that scenario would be Wolverine who has adamantium claws finding knives and being like, oh, my God, it's knives. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. (laughs) You win. It's dumb is the point. It's Draw dumb. those knives. I can't. Like that? That's a good movie. Though. <laughs> uh, it's just such a weird take. I mean, I didn't really like any. I just didn't like any of the characters. I didn't like the way they portrayed anybody, really. I didn't like. The only thing I liked about this movie was seeing, like, I did like the way they break an Arkham. I thought that was cool. They each, like, Black Spider takes over an orderly and then puts on, and then they, and then Deadshot captures Harley Quinn and goes in that way. Like, I thought that was cool. And King Shark swims underneath. Like, I did like that, but I just didn't. And I really hate King Shark so much in this movie. <laughs> okay. Speaking of other stupid Killer Frost things. So, like, King Shark, like, swims in the sewer, and they're in the bottom, and it's like, oh, there's a grate. And they're like, we have to lift this heavy grate. All <laughs> of them are doing it. And I was like, or, hear me out the Sub-Zero girl can freeze it and then smash it because she does that later on. No, it's freeze-proof steel, you see. Um, oh. Yeah. If, they, if she froze it, then they wouldn't have the team-building moment. Yes, the coming together of this team that all never happened. Did anybody... <laughs> no, I mean, again, you don't... It's Suicide Squad. You don't need team-building with Suicide Squad. I mean, they're only in it because they don't want to die. And yet... James Gunn's The Suicide Squad worked best because it built the team. Go fucking figure. And then the <laughs> one person who didn't have 
a moment of retribution and got a series that's one of the best things that's been produced in years. Damn straight. <laughs> oh, watch it. Oh, yes. It's I agree. So I should. Good. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I've heard nothing but good things, though. No, it's just one of those things that just... Uh... did. So, does Captain Boomerang die in this, too? Or does he survive this movie? I can't really remember if he made Me it. Either. <laughs> oh, shit. I feel like he died, too. I feel like everybody dies but Deadshot and Harley Quinn, even though... I mean, like, Black Spider gets his head blown off, so he's gone. Again, I have no idea who the fuck he even is, but whatever. Like, he, he dies. And yeah, and I didn't realize Killer Frost dies, but I, I'm I don't know about Captain Boomerang because I, I know that when you have like we we do have the new Justice League versus Suicide Squad movie, which is supposedly set in the Arkhamverse, right? Supposedly. Oh, the new game. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think well, we just start I... scrapping that this exists, but you know. Mm, At least well... King Shark looks like King Shark, though. Mm-hmm. It could just be somebody else. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, this this feels like. A kind of an example that's so this week, the date of this recording, they announced there's going to be a Resident Evil series on Netflix. And they said our show exists in the continuity of the games, but the games don't exist in the continuity of the show. And I think it's kind of like that, where it's like, oh, this is part of it, but it isn't really like <laughs> I think it's just like a marketing thing. Okay. Anything. I wouldn't because I mean. Going into like Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, you already have the problem where Deadshot has been in multiple games, is a white guy, and suddenly isn't. <laughs> okay, good point. I didn't think about that, but yeah. Eh, there are worse things wrong with Deadshot. I mean, that didn't bother me at all. I just that he's white. <laughs> I didn't like the fact that he was. I wanted him to be smaller. I wanted him to be more like how he is in the Arkham verse, where he seems shorter and here he looked too tall. He reminded me too much of Will Smith. Again, this movie feels like so much a precursor to Suicide Squad 2016. The more I, the more I talk about it, I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> Another thing I, w- I want to mention is like, I mean, there were there were scenes I liked, like I liked when I when 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 I got to see the same architecture as Arkham Asylum. Like I did like that. I liked it when they go to the intensive care and the doors look the same. Like that, I got a kick out of. That made me smile. I mean, it doesn't matter much, but it made me smile at least. Well, you got more joy out of it than I did. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I am like of the because I've only watched this twice. Is I that's enough. Yeah, I, I watched it when it came out. Like I don't write a lot of movie reviews, but I did do one that one for this for the site, and like that's what I did like the set dressing, where it's at least if things don't exactly line up, at least like the set dressing is interesting. So yeah, like I mean, that's like the way. Even like when they get there, like the external of the island and when they first show up, they kind of have like the guard towers, which are kind of like when you go onto the, like outside for the first time in Arkham Asylum, like all of that stuff is cool. And again, I don't know, this is kind of something where I'd really like to see like the creative process. If someone was like, I really want to make this cool thing, or if they just tried to like shoehorn it into the Arkham. Yeah. I think I would have preferred it had it nothing to do with your universe. <laughs> oh my god, one of the co-directors on this worked on Avatar The Last Airbender, and now, oh my god, how did that happen? <laughs> the movie or the show? The show. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> the show's great. I was going to say the movie. Well, <laughs> all right. Okay. I also didn't like the scene when King Shark turns into a tank. Like we, I think we mentioned a little bit where he just, like, all of a sudden he's just bulletproof and he just runs straight, and he's scared of heights, so he put a blindfold around him. 
but he's still on the little bridge that you go to in the game. And I'm just like, this is just dumb. <laughs> or like one part, like she Manuel tells him don't kill anybody yet. They just kill everybody, which they aren't suicide squad. But I was just like, okay. Yeah, this is the homicide squad. It's not the suicide squad. Yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna get a covert operation, don't get like a dumb guy with giant metal shark teeth. Yeah, no that reason. should be step one. Step one, because <laughs> he doesn't do anything but eat people. He eats a guy in this too for some reason. I don't know. And, and yes, it's funny in the Suicide Squad where he looks like a ha- like a shark, and it's funny in the Harley Quinn show. It is not funny with a guy who looks like a wannabe Jaws from the from Double Seven. Yeah. No, yeah, it's just not. And he even takes all his teeth at one point, and put his teeth back in. I'm like, I don't think that's how this works, but OK. And then, of course, this movie had to do something that every every Arkham thing has to do. There had to be Bane in this movie. I was really upset when I saw Bane. I'm like, the Bane really need to be there and run by just so Batman could jump on him. But hey, look, I did this in the game and rip off his back piece. I'm just like, yep, <sighs> it made me. Yeah, it's got to be done. I mean, like, couldn't we just get away from Bane for one Arkham thing? You know, no. Well, boy, couldn't we just get away from the Joker for one Arkham thing? No, Mike. The answer is no. <laughs> He's in every Arkham game in some form or fashion. I can't believe we've gone an hour into this recording and something hasn't been brought up. Are you talking about Two Face? Yes, I've been saving that. So, Kenneth, <laughs> when I was watching this. There's one scene or two scenes of Harvey Dent. One where he's sitting in the cell, and somehow, like you were saying, after they. Joker opens the gate, he gets all his gear. But did you notice how many guns he was holding, Ken? <sighs> I was waiting for later, but I was gonna I wrote it down. You I can tell you how many yes. guns. Yes. How many yeah, guns, two guns was he holding? Two guns, bitch. Two guns. <laughs> I'm gonna make that joke every time we get the chance. <laughs> I can't wait till we are done with the Arkhamverse. <laughs> then we never have to say two guns again. Oh my god! It's like I'll give you a hint. It was a buddy comedy with Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> oh oh I, my god! I forgot about that movie. Even this, even this movie had to bring in a, a little scene that just felt, I guess, to put why he was there. Like Zaz is in one little scene of this movie too, where Batman is just in an alley, and he does the same kind of trick he does in the in Arkham Asylum, where he misses him and then hits him in the back of the head with with something. Well, that oh, you mean like Batman they did in Returns. Batman Returns? <laughs> in which one? In Batman, Batman Returns. Returns. Oh, the old brain network Tim Burton movie? Yeah. yeah. Oh. The uh, clown has Selena Kyle with the taser and the Batman shoots a grappling hook and he's like, oh, you missed. And he smiles and like pulls the concrete on his head. Okay. I you can wow. even do it in the Super Nintendo game. I haven't seen that movie yeah. in years. And the scene of Harley Quinn looking into the toy store and kind of peeking in through the doll's face is almost a mirror image of Michelle Pfeiffer looking into the department store from Batman Returns. You got the penguin looking like he does in Batman Returns. Like, I appreciate that they enjoy Batman Returns, but that just made me want to watch a better Batman movie than this. (laughs) That's a very fair statement. And yet somehow, somehow, this got 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people, like, even people I really respect. Like, I think Victor Lucas of Electric Playground was, like, a fan of this movie, and I just don't get it at all. (laughs) It's just, it's not for me. I've only met one person who liked this movie, and that guy was a complete, utter asshole. That rings true. I can say that. He also hated my guts. <laughs> didn't make so a he, has, he just wasn't. So out. he has bad taste in people and movies. 
We also hated me because I was sleeping with his ex-wife, so that didn't help. That didn't help the situation. So that <laughs> story is more interesting than anything in this entire movie. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, I mean, I, okay, I did find it amusing that also this is very out of character for the Joker. At one point, that when Batman switches. He takes over somebody. He switches disguises and he puts a black spider in the Batman suit. Why he puts him in the Batman suit and still wearing the Batman suit? I got nothing. But like that scene to me was kind of odd too because like Joker is going to shoot Batman in the back of the head, and I don't feel like Joker would ever just kill Batman because if you kill Batman, the Joker can't be the Joker anymore because Bat he needs Batman to be the Joker. Like he does, he wouldn't want to just kill him. He'd want to kill him and die together. So I want to talk about that scene sure. for a moment, or that whole aspect of this movie, because I think it's supposed to be like something they thought was like, oh, man, it's going to be so clever when they find out that Batman is disguising. But it's like so obvious. So there's a point in the movie where Batman fights Black Spider and clearly just puts on his costume, kind of a rip <laughs> on the. Much, much, much better almost got him episode from Batman the Animated Series where he's pretending to be a killer croc. Also, let's talk about like Giancarlo Esposito is a voice of Black Spider. Like, oh. amazing, incredible actor, and he's doing this trash. And actually, the only t- every time I saw Black Spider on screen, I thought of like a robot chicken sketch where it's like, hey, Black Falcon. And he's also, Falcon. <laughs> um, he's like the least amount of lines in the movie, too, probably. <laughs> So, yeah, like, because they have they have a scene where they all get together and because Riddler is like, OK, I can run this current through everyone and it can knock out your bombs. And Black Spider is like, I'll just I'll stay watch. And everyone's OK with that. So it's like clearly it's Batman. So we're led to believe that Batman took off his suit, put it on this guy but he has a spare mask that has foldable ears that fits under this mask. <laughs> like, I guess he went to the secret back cave that they established in Arkham Asylum because he had a spare suit lying around and he, or he just has like a spare mask in his belt. Like I'm thinking of the episode, like again, a Batman, the animated series of the Cape and the cowl, where he just has the bandages around his head because he knows he's going to have to take off the mask. But he just, like, he hauls it off, and, like, the Batman thing just, like, must cartoonishly pop out of the mask. Like, it's so dumb. Uh, <laughs> you got nothing on. Maybe those ones were made with Nerf foam. Like, collapsible instead of folding. Because, like, that's the thing about Batman in the Arkham know. series. His horns are pretty big. Yeah. It doesn't seem accurate, yes. But then very few things seem accurate in this movie. <laughs> it, it, it feels like such a throwaway thing where they're just, it, it really does just so that nature of we have to do something with the Suicide Squad and our, we are limited to what we can do at this time. So we're just going to throw them in this movie and call it it. Like Scarecrow's in this movie too for like one scene just to show him randomly there. Like it was just very much just like felt like just we just got to throw all Arkham characters that, you know, from the Arkhamverse just here somewhere. So like, oh, here they are. And they all got recaptured and then are in Arkham Asylum few years later it just seems like one of those things where like the uncharted movie came out earlier this year and was like just okay but someone's like oh we did this thing from the game for the fans and then that's what that whole sequence spells feels like it's like see it's the scarecrow and he's just like the first game but like it makes no sense that again 
like even just have a scene where they all break out and you see them just like walking and just like grabbing their suits or something because it's like they're essentially meant to believe that Jonathan Crane is in a cell in full scarecrow gear <laughs> with his needles. It's his emotional support hypodermic. <laughs> emotional support Edward Scissorhand glove. Yeah. I mean, I guess they all broke out and went to go get all their equipment. Okay, I did laugh at the one scene where they go into the into the big storage room and see all the crates, and all I could think of is, I wonder if those are being studied by top men. Top men. That's all that went through my head, and I laughed. And that was, I laughed, not because of this movie, <laughs> because of other movies that are way better. <laughs> was I the only right, one that got that vibe? That's funny. I just got the Indiana Jones vibe when I saw it. I was just like, okay, this is funny. And and, and they did do some cool things, like, oh, look, that's Killer Moth, and that's this, and that's this. And I, I laughed at that. I've won the few times I probably laughed in this movie, so. See, that's a better way to do Easter eggs, is that's kind of reminds me of Arkham Asylum, how you'd find all of the, like, Catwoman's goggles and Penguin's, like, umbrella behind, like, a glass case. Like, that, that stuff's cool. But when it's just like, here's Bane, and he's, you know, with his Bane. tank. Eh, I mean, would it be? I feel like it wouldn't be that easy for Bane just to get a hold of Venom. Like you think that'd be locked up better than some other stuff? Nah, probably not. Okay. <laughs> and another thing that I do want to mention too about this movie is you also have them fighting each other a lot, which is cool. But like, especially as the movie progresses, like you have Harley Quinn joins back with Joker, which I didn't really like because he keeps being abusive to her. And I, after watching Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn wanted. I just I like I don't like it where she's like that we talked about earlier and that but like you get this like batman fights harley quinn while deadshot fights joker that kind of seemed very like really that's the person you're gonna have him fight of all the people you have that are well i guess everyone's almost dead but still like i would have rather seen him fight like killer frost or captain boomerang even though something somebody he doesn't you know he doesn't fight harley quinn all the time in the series like she's like i, I think Arkham island you just hit counter and then that's it at the end of the fight like she's not someone that should be fighting batman yeah, well, Arkham, the Arkham series has always struggled with this boss fight, but I, I think it's also funny that we've gone this long. So, like, Deadshot is probably the main character in this movie, and, like, we barely kind of touched on <laughs> yes. him, uh, even though he's voiced by Neil McDonough, who's, like, bro in everything that he does. Like, he was in the Resident Evil movie last year in, like, full William Birkin makeup, and that guy is just like, no, I mean, I'm going to commit. He's also an boy, Dum Dum Duggan. Mm-hmm. And he was in first. He's in first contact Star Trek. He and dies, he, but he's in the movie. He slays off Legends of Tomorrow as Damian Dark. He yes, is he so so good. Yeah, because they have a moment at the beginning where I guess they get the team and Harley Quinn is just like they have a really awkward sex scene where she just shows up in his bed naked and again it's just like oh man and then we have a scene where Harley Quinn is in a guy's bed and she's naked like kind of like that <laughs> level of writing and then they have like a sex scene where he's like ah screw it and then you're led to believe that perhaps like she's with him and it's like no she's not like it's i, I didn't understand the point good of it time but it also felt like she was just using like you know they keep reference like oh she's like this is my new man just to make joker upset and then joker just beats her kind of like I'm just, oh i do have a question when when she shoots because at one point when they when they first when harley quinn first sees joker yeah, the cops are also like oh look she sees her ex-boy her ex-man <laughs> and laugh when she shoots through the through the holes and tries to, and breaks open the panel he uses to escape. You think she was trying to rescue him or trying to kill him? I couldn't tell what the movie was trying to tell me. I think she was trying to kill him. Okay. Yeah, but you're, you know, it makes sense that you're doubting it because I'll be completely honest, it doesn't make sense either way. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> it was it. just something that I thought of just when I was, 
I was like, well, I, I don't know what this movie is trying to tell me. I don't think the movie knows what it's trying to tell. <laughs> That's fair. That is that is fair. It's a very fair point. <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of it just kind of bothered me. I, I was curious what you guys had thought about that. I, I also didn't like watching like you see Deadshot fight Joker a lot in this movie, and I feel like that was the point of like the whole like, oh he you know love triangle. It's not really a love triangle. It doesn't even fit that. Like it was unnecessary. But I and then like in the end of this movie, Floyd ends up escaping in the helicopter, and then you see Joker falls in the helicopter and goes missing because of course he has to go missing because he has to catch him in Arkham Asylum later. And I think Harley Quinn gets, you know, Harley Quinn gets arrested. And then another thing is this Joker was really violent. You see, at one point, Joker has like a chain, a hook and chain. And just didn't feel like Joker to me either. It felt too, oh, it just didn't feel right. Like that's something Joker would have. Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, he's I not Birdie like... from Street Fighter Alpha. Oh, God damn it. Uh, I never played that game. I never played a lot of Street Fighter games. But you know, it was just one of those things I found odd. And then. So I, I can't remember what happened to Captain Boomerang. I'm assuming like you guys are saying that he might have died at some point in this, but I don't even remember what happened to him. I, I don't think he did. I think Deadshot just knocked him out. Yeah, the Wikipedia entry is pretty vague. It just says, like we mentioned, Killer Frost. It says Killer Frost is killed in chaos by Bane. And that's something so... Again, this movie came out two years before David Ayer's Suicide Squad. And in the Arkham series up to this point, so Deadshot was in Arkham... City Origins, and Origins. Asylum. No, not Asylum City. And he's just kind of like a hired gun. And in this, they kind of bring him the subplot of I have to get back to my daughter. Mm. Which hey, is weird. Do you know another movie did the same thing? <laughs> Ew. God, no. Like, that's exactly <laughs> David Ayer's Suicide Squad movie. Uh-huh. Like, I know. I just, I, I really don't, don't want to think that that movie took ideas from this movie. I'm starting to, I, after watching this, I really believe it did. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like Except it. Except it made Captain Boomerang cool, though. He was decent. In, uh, he was okay in this movie. He doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, he throws a boomerang, no. like, what, twice? This movie? Yeah. Like, this movie, he sucked. But the other Suicide Squad movie, both of them, he was great. Uh, hey, how'd it work out for him in the second Suicide Squad movie, huh? Shut up. That was, that was too bad. <laughs> You don't strike Jai Courtney lightning twice. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I guess so. Anything else that we should say about this movie that we haven't covered yet? Oh, I, one last thing. I Well, not last thing, but one thing I just thought of just now. Don't we find it weird that Arkham Asylum, they break out of Arkham two years, and then two years later when Arkham Asylum happens, they just everything's like the same. You think maybe they would have put some more security after a whole... Like I did, That bothered me. There shouldn't have been a breakout in this movie. Because there's a breakout in the asylum. That should have been the first breakout asylum, not not here. Then, oh, what? two years later, another breakout. Man, we really should get our security stepped up. Yeah, me. but in the comics, Arkham Asylum's broken out or do like every other week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, like I, the Joker breaks out, and then it's like Scarecrow's turn to break out, and then Riddler wants to break out, but it's it's Killer Croc's week to break out, so they have to work out a trade. And okay, like I'm sure in the comics is literally scheduled. I don't want to quote a line from Peacemaker because you haven't seen it, but it just made me think of a part of from Peacemaker. Okay. I'll watch it one day. <laughs> if you want Mike to cover Peacemaker on this podcast, by all means, please direct all your emails to Games My Mom Found at Yahoo.com. Which For I don't just one dollar on Patreon, if Mike gets a certain dollar amount, I'll do Peacemaker. <laughs> I wouldn't it could be just one person. Someone just send me things. Enough people do it. It won't take much. I'll do it. It's more than one. You heard the man listeners. But I had thought about covering this. <laughs> I just try to finish other stuff. 
Okay, any other things that you guys want to mention about this movie before we go to shelf stacker box? No. All right. <laughs> I'll go first. I think it's obvious for all of us, but I'll go. I'm going to put it in the box. I didn't enjoy this movie when I saw it in 2016, 2015. I did not enjoy it this when I rewatched it for this show. I just don't. I don't care for this movie. I love the Arkhamverse, but this is not a good Batman movie. This is not a good animated movie. This is not a good movie. It's just, it's very lame and it really should have been its own thing and still would have been bad, but at least then it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had to cover it and it wouldn't have tainted my Arkham. What about you, Ken? I'm going to, much like the only other thing that I ever put in a box, I'm going to put it in a box and then I'm going to put that into a bigger box. Then I'm going to crush it with a hammer. Never again. <laughs> what about you, Blair? I'm going to invent a new category, and uh, I'm going to riff this, because if I put it in a box, there's a chance I could find it again. <laughs> it's going in the trash can? And then being lit on fire. Okay. <laughs> this is actually probably one of the one of the worst. This is definitely the worst Batman thing we have covered on this show, I think. Even this is probably even worse than Harley Quinn's Revenge. Well, that was different. That was a, not a movie, but this is pretty bad. Uh, that was pretty bad, too, huh? I'd have to think about that for a minute <laughs> before I agree. <laughs> Fucking Arkham. I cover so much stuff it for It was Arkham. pretty, pretty rough. Uh, but this is the most negative we have been about something on the show in a while. I but do we're having that. fun doing it. Yes. Oh, yeah. And in I the just end, funny. what if the real Suicide Squad was the friends we made along the way? <laughs> you guys really made me want to cover 2016 Suicide Squad with you guys, though, for some reason. I'm fine with that. <laughs> hey, half that movie is really good. You just got to turn it off when they get to the city. It's a good movie up until that point. You know, I just wish the only thing I wanted in that movie was for Will Smith to redo Wild Wild West and just call it Task Force X. That's all I wanted. <laughs> Shit, that would have worked. I know, that's, right? That's cool. That, yeah, you're right. That would have worked. All right. Damn. All right. And if you want to hear more Batman stuff, because of course you do. And we're positive. Most Batman stuff, uh, Batman Arkham Origin DLC, Cold Cold Heart Mini 19, Batman Under the Red Hood Film 28, Batman War of Jokes and Riddles Comic 35, Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate Episode 159, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker Film 23, Batman Court of Owls Comic 33, Batman Haunted Night Comic 32. Batman Arkham Origins, episode 139, Batman Massive Phantasm, film 18, Batman Arkham City DLC, Harley Quinn's Revenge, mini 13, the most negative we have been about Batman since this before this episode, Batman Arkham City, episode 118, Batman Arkham City, the comic 24, Batman the Killing Joke, comic 22, Batman Arkham Asylum, episode 97, Batman the Long Halloween, comic 17, Batman Death of the Family comic 8, Batman Hush comic 3, and episode 3 is the Batman Genesis game. But that's, I don't even know how that sounds, because that was a very old, long, long time ago. Kind of a lot of Batman. And the funny thing, there's still more Batman that's recorded that I haven't released yet, so I didn't mention it. <laughs> so much Batman. Uh-huh. And we're slowly, part of my plan is to cover all the DC animated movies, all 47 of them currently. That's my goal. We're slowly working Fuck. on it. I would just cut that goal and just do Peacemaker and be done with it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I, 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 well, I mean, Peacemaker will happen yet. I mean, hey, if people are interested, I'll do it. Why not? What else do I do just re- besides record podcasts? Nothing. <laughs> All right. And Blair, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at Blarcade. You can also 
read my review of this movie under the review tab of comicbookvideogames.com. And while you're there, uh, this is not related to Batman because it's just poor timing. For the 20th anniversary of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, I interviewed two people who made the tie-in game, and it's one of the, my most favorite things I've ever written, and has lots of cool stuff in it, like a mode that Sam Raimi himself didn't like, so if you want to pop on and give that a read, I'd appreciate it. Depending on when you hear this, has been out for a few months. <laughs> you hear this before September, I can say that, but I don't know when this will be out exactly yet. All right, and I want to thank everyone for listening. To us complain about Batman. That's something you will hear on the show very often. You will very seldom hear us complain about Batman on this show. Yes, because we normally like Batman. We enjoy Batman. Uh, I really, really do. Unfortunately, I blame you. Because <laughs> you got me That's more. Fair. You got me way more into Batman than I was in the show when we when you first came from the time you first came on the show. I have read more Batman comics and I have enjoyed more Batman products than I have ever before. So thank you. Hey, Batman's cool. <laughs> All right, if you enjoyed the show, as I mentioned all the other Batman, we do comics, we do video games, we do movies. There's tons of content to go find on Games My Mom Found. You can't find what you're looking for on Spotify or iTunes. Go on Podbean. You can find all our content and download it right on your phone or however you listen to your podcast. We are also on YouTube. So if you want to listen to your podcast on there, there's no video, just audio, but we are on YouTube. The whole catalog is there. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hath Fury. And also, I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Bill Tucker, who did the MCU with me. He suffered through all that. We covered the whole Infinity Saga. He started his own podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. And please follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And if you do want to help support the show for as little as a dollar, we mentioned earlier, we do have a Patreon. You can go and vote in our Patreon, and you can go send me messages. I will see all those. We have a yeah email, but I, I haven't checked it, so I don't tell people to email me there. But we do have an email. But yeah, just go Patreon. little dollar, you will get my attention immediately, I promise. And you get to vote in the monthly polls. So I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. So long. Bye. Two guns.